This episode of Lightning Strikes Thrice is brought to you by our incredible patrons. Patrons like Camilla and Seraph. If you want to help us keep making the show like they do, you can visit pitchtrop.cash and contribute as little as a buck a month. We really appreciate it. You can contribute less, but we'll only appreciate it if it's a dollar or more. Listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a JRPG Games Club podcast. This is season 10, episode 5, covering days 15 through 17 of Wolfstride. I'm your host, Chris Taylor. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and with me is Sybil Arnett, any all pronouns. Ryan Beatty, my pronouns are they, them. Last episode, we finished learning about the crew's heist with GW in which they just robbed a bank using a tank. It's so funny because it's the last thing you find out and GW made it sound like they were so fucking slick. And no, we just drove a (laughs) tank into a bank. (laughs) We learned about Duke's gambling problem and crushing debt. And we fought a little freak in her mech named Momoko. And uh, (laughs) today we start out beginning first day of chapter three named nebraska jones and it's day 15 with 48 days remaining but before we start we'll get the uh, chat new chapter save description as a little vibe check and it's oh i see you also have the same note about how this is uh, incorrectly translated if you pick up a flower in a field of memories would you rather let it thrive or wither away which i think should really be if you find a flower in the field of memories would you rather let it thrive or pick it and let it wither away <laughs> Which is what it's supposed to be, probably. Uh, maybe, yeah. It, huh. Um, my note was actually that I did not realize until this chapter that Nebraska's last name was Jones. And Nebraska Jones is a song lyric from a pop song that didn't like go huge, but I love it. It's called Settle Down by Kimbra. Uh, maybe Matt can put it in the episode You notes. would know another song by Kimbra. I was just yeah. thinking that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it fucking yeah, no, uh listen, somebody that I used to know does not does not show off uh how great of a pop musician Kimbra was on that first it album. It does show of off her great impression of Emperor Palpatine though. Yeah, I sure will does. also say that Godier album is very good as a whole, and I am sad that he stopped doing work just so he could become, like, a fucking conservator with his money. Although, good on yeah. him. Yeah, but, like, for yeah, for for real, that Godier album is, like, a lost early Peter Gabriel album in a lot yeah. of ways. Kimbra adds a lot of fucking weird-ass uh, jazz elements to her pop, but uh, the, in the song Settle Down, she's talking about a fantasy of raising a child and saying, we'll name her Nebraska, Nebraska Jones. And I couldn't find any other, like, references that Nebraska Jones could possibly be, so it could just be a name that they liked. But it, in this world where this game is absolutely chock-full of references, the idea that it's too, like a Kimbra song that is not the Gautier feature is or her feature on a Gautier song is very good to me a table for two won't you wine and dine with me settle down I wanna 
I doubt that it's for real that, but it could be. It could yeah, I be. just straight up read it as an Indiana Jones joke. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, also that, obviously. That's, that makes way more sense. <laughs> These motherfuckers aren't listening to Kimbra. Also, they just pick whatever name sounds cool. Also true. They have a dog named a wizard. <laughs> and a dog named Dragon. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that rocks. Uh, uh-huh. Well, I don't know if that rocks as much, given that okay. it's like an old lady. Sure, sure. But the name is cool. I will mm-hmm. I will admit. Uh, Sybil. Absolutely. So we have the start of day round table. Duke's hung over again because of course he is. And Shade says it's time to raise the stakes. Nebraska's been looking into an interesting character. Apparently he's a guy no one is willing to fight, and she thinks it's because he's gotten real famous recently. But it also doesn't hurt that his claim to fame is being an underdog who just destroys his opponent, shatters the mech. He has put multiple mech teams out of commission, and while his claim to fame is being an underdog, he is just a rookie killer sitting at rank 250. This is extremely funny to me, given who it turns out to be later. This entire section is just basically a lie. Uh huh. Yeah, they're building him up to be like essentially the Dark Souls troll of, uh, uh, you know, like an invader. Yeah, only famous because he kills a bunch of scrubs, not not because multiple award-winning movie star. Buck uh-huh. off. It's great. And the best is that I had already taken on this robot about twenty times because it's one of the ones that the battle pass will auto-gen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at this point, Neb suggests that, you know, maybe another source of income would be selling omelets around town for 25 bucks each. And Shade's like, what? That's that's obscene. She's like, look, the, I can make yeah, it work. Wait till, you find a, wait till you find out I sell a quarter of an omelet for $25 each. <laughs> yeah. It does make the fact that other businesses in town go out of business renting you tapes for a dollar make a lot more sense. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, it's a captive market, and Nebraska's just taking advantage of it. Yeah, there are. Look, all of the other businesses are gone. Where else are you going to buy omelets? <laughs> At this point, Peepoo's move stock has restocked, I guess. And a lot of them are pretty good. It's just straight yeah. up upgrades. A bunch of them are insanely good, like a Night yeah. Eater. Like, insanely OP for the majority of the game. Yeah, this actually got me to change out my default punch, because there's one that is just a straight upgrade on the basic... Yeah, seven-star punch? Yep, that's the guy. And hey, and the fact the... that it's a Hokuto no Ken reference doesn't hurt. And here's this reload that just gives you five bullets instead of two is so good. Oh, yeah, that reload's amazing. And you know what? You don't even use it. You just get the fucking heal that also reloads ammo instead. um i i'm shooting more often than my uh than my like healing meter would let me do that but yeah no that in in concept that's great uh 
A lot of these moves are significantly more expensive. They're in the like one thousand oh, yeah. to three thousand dollar range. If you have been running mini games regularly it, and like selling all the junk back to ZZ, it isn't. It, you can like, get a couple. You can you can still get a couple, but but there is a pretty big uh, cost leap here. Right. I think that's okay that it's um, so expensive and that you can only get a couple because so many of them are upgrades and we opened up enough last time that you kind of know how you want to play it. So now you're yeah. just being specific rather than buying everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it it leads to making choices rather than just like buying out the entire arsenal and then making choices afterwards. I yeah. will say as the one buying everything, I have still only gone about 100,000 real dollars down. <laughs> well, good news. I'm sure after this money sink, you will have gone down another 300,000. <laughs> this money sink, that generates you money. Uh, yeah, uh, love, we'll love, love the arcade. Um, so we can check in with the crew at this point. Everyone says, like, basically the same shit, except Duke, who is not excited about hearing uh, that their opponent totals mechs since they already resurrected Cowboy once, and he's not sure they can do it again. He's also like, God, just, like, give me some time, please. And then on our way out, Shade says that we should go check on Z, because uh, we can't, he does not want to leave her niece in that condition. Oh, I forgot to put that here. In case you forgot, uh, Z's niece is demon-possessed, and we're going to go do an exorcism is what this is about. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, but before we do that, we can pop into a bunch of places. Uh, we can pop into the Rambler and Gambler where Kaya asks Shade if he's a gangster. And Shade says, I used to be, but I'm not anymore. And she's like, well, why do you still dress that way in a suit and shit? And he's like, I just like it. <laughs> and she asks his name and he just gives her his, for his full name, uh, which she does not give out very often, which is why it was noteworthy. Usually just tells people his name is Shade. Uh, you can grab the omelet ingredients as well as a pineapple and then bounce out of here. And afterward, Kaya tells Sayuki that Shade doesn't seem like a threat and wants to know what she thinks. And Sayuki says, I've chopped up worse. <laughs> and then for some reason, there's a rock in the middle of the road here that didn't have flavor text before, but does now. <laughs> and it says, just a stupid stone got hit in the head with a similar one once. Maybe that's why I'm so fucked up. Shout outs. <laughs> if we go to Hog's Yard, Jack is there. He says Hog will be out for the week, and he wants to hang out with Shade soon. So, on the way to the rider, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the video store has closed, so I don't Damn. know what this does for you if you hadn't bought the second tape. I think you just miss out on the style, which is a mm -hmm. bummer, because even if you're very offensive, Defender style is super good. It's like, mm -hmm. the, the bonuses are too strong. It's what I'm using right now because there's no long-range style. Not a lot of this game is built for long-range at this point. No, um, I, I think it's mostly meant to be like supports, like a sup, like backup styles for when enemies knock you away. Mm -hmm. mm. Um, I ended up uh getting Hunter from giving Fancy Jack a pineapple here. I got uh they he wa they watch Stray Dogs and good movie. Hell yeah! And that I think is medium range plus ten, long range plus five, and with my play style, that is like perfect. I have still not unlocked the pineapples mechanic. <laughs> oh my god. You're missing out on a bunch of free shit. Go do it. Uh, All you have to do is go talk to the pineapple god for oh, five seconds. Oh, you're gonna get mad at me later. Uh, oh, we have some the other option. dumb shit? Yes. 
We have Shade. the option to get a drink, and when you do, Shade chats with Joy a little. Joy says Nebraska is a lovely girl, and Shade lets Joy know Nebraska is only staying a few more days. Joy asks why she's going so early. She seems like she's having a great time, and Shade says Nebraska should not be around people like them. Joy goes, yeah, we do all seem like a bunch of weirdos, and Shade's like, yes. <laughs> At the crap yard, there is a bit of new merch from Z. This is this is not new. I just noticed this joke and thought it was very funny. That's all. Oh, got it. The P1 Gallo 01 plate, described as a huge piece of iron for certain, a huge piece of shit, maybe. Love it. <laughs> So here, when we talk with Z, we have a new dialogue option with her where uh, it, it just says exorcism exclamation mark in all caps. And uh, we get a little bit more of the exorcism story and then a mini game. So Z is surprised Shade came and says that she won't see him the same way, regardless of what the outcome is. And uh, we ask to be shown the room. We go to a black screen, and Z asks, what's with all this stuff? And Shade says, it's things that he might need depending on what happens here today. Z merely responds, a sword? Shade says not to worry about it. It's a family relic. Z has never seen a katana before and wants to know what the symbol on it is. It's a seven-leaf lotus. Shade has also brought some holy water, rock salt, and a Christian cross. Very, He was like, yeah, we'll also probably need a Christian cross here. It's time to start the game. Shade asks uh, her name, and Z tells us it's May. Shade immediately is very aggressive and is acting like uh, like a member of the Ghost Adventures crew when they're trying to antagonize the ghosts <laughs> to like bring them out. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, motherfucker, you hear me? You better leave the girl alone, you fucking piece of shit." May is like, "I'm sick." Shade responds, "You're going down, you son of a bitch." May responds, "I'm so sick." Of you buffoons coming and going and swinging all those amusing objects. Shade and the demon have a back and forth until the minigame starts. Uh, I don't remember if this is right before or right after the minigame, but he does say, It's time for you to fuck off, which is a line that I want to carry into my real life. No, my favorite one is from the next one, which is the power of Christ compels you, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> That's stolen from Boondock Saints. I know, it rocks. So this is like a lot of the plot mini games are essentially the same where it's like you have to repeat a bunch of prompts as a meter fills up. If you mess up the prompt, then the meter like chunks down. Um, it doesn't tell you exactly how many of these different prompts that you have to do, but you have a timer and you almost always succeed unless you're very bad at Osura's Wrath. You like alternate between, you know, hitting multiple buttons in sequence versus mashing on one button it's fine, but uh, here a lot of the like button mashing is uh, shade just like breathing heavily and concentrating and building up a enough concentration to do like a soul sword slash at this like sleeping girl who's apparently possessed. It's intense. It's funny. When it's done. Shade and Z have a conversation where Z learns that May is possessed by a demon and Z is worried. We And she's like, I'm still in shock. We get $100 here and a Cthulhu amulet, which gives another 15 entire seconds during cat baths, which is enough for me to reach, uh, I think it was seven, 17 cats bathed, yeah. which was nice. 
I love it. And the description also is like an amulet with the dark god on it. It's made of plastic. Yeah. Uh, I will say that a nice touch on this first one is that the move you are doing most with the button prompts is genuflecting. Yeah. Yeah. Anyhow. We go to our end of day round table and Nebraska asks if we're ready for the big surprise. And it turns out our next opponent is actually a big movie star. He pilots <laughs> the Joe from the movie and now hit anime Joe. Their opponent pilot was a stunt double for the real thing. We're fighting a replica mech as the original is in a museum. The pilot is called Stray and has been a professional pilot for seven years and has only lost a tenth of his fights. Peepoo cuts off the gossip to provide real hard intel. Joe's style is boxing, amazing footwork, devastating close range, the whole nine yards. Uh, Knife is predictably hype, and the conversation shifts to how Duke dislikes movies. And when Peepoo asks what he even does in his free time, Duke answers like he was born in the 60s, saying, (laughs) I drink, I sleep, and I stare into space, which everyone thinks is sad. Yeah, it's this this man has clinical depression. Just like textbook. Look. He's out of money. Otherwise, I stare into space would be I lose all of my money at Blackjack. Right, right. Yes. What? Well, no, wait. We actually know what Knife does with the money. I was about to say, we know that Shade just keeps doing stupid side quests. Duke has a gambling problem. Knife is Knife is the only one who's actually giving up his money for a good reason. Never mind. Yeah, he's also just hanging out with his niece. The most normal guy is the neck pilot named Knife Leopard. Yeah. So, it is day 16, one day to Joe. At the start of day roundtable, Shade tells the crew that the fight is locked in. It's happening tomorrow. Duke wants to know why they can't get a week for once, and Nebraska sadly says, because I won't be here anymore. Duke's still pissed that he's losing his weekends to this every time. To which I say, maybe uh, organize a union, Duke. Uh, maybe maybe uh, recognize the value of your labor power and strike against Shade. Look, he bought into the propaganda where you can't unionize with people who are different than you and you don't like, and he can't form a union with Peepoo. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, Peepoo is the only person he could form a union with here, because Knife would just be like, I don't know what those words mean, Duke. It, Knife's yeah. class interests too different. <laughs> Scab, that sounds badass. Like a scar. <laughs> yep. Uh, so Nebraska sold the omelet in four pieces at 25 real dollars each and gives us 100 bucks. Knife asks if it would have been better for him to run in the streets, and Peepoo agrees, which makes Duke mad. And yeah, on, do we need this treadmill? No. On the way out of the hangar, Nebraska wants to show Shade something. It is a flyer for something called Arcade Paradise. It may be one of the last arcades in the USSA. She found the flyer around the road to the RNG, so we're going to go investigate together. I didn't leave the hangar this day. I saw none of this. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Wow. Did it happen? Try to leave the hangar soon and find out if that happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to be curious. But no, I I saw that I had uh, no quests that day except for Catman, which I apparently had missed one cat the whole time. And uh, yeah, I just went to Duke and went to bed. Yeah, you get so, half uh, your quest in the game by trying to leave the hangar, just so you yeah, know. Yeah, it's Nebraska stops you and she's like, I found this flyer. And and he's like, Well, time to go on an adventure because, you know, he the shade can't fucking help himself. Yeah, I had a real quick uh I had a real quick session this week. 
<laughs> yeah, because this Nebraska stuff, this like to o- open up this side quest, you have to search every like pre-area area essentially. Damn. Yeah, we meet a new character and have a lot of feelings with Nebraska Jones, which, uh-huh. God, imagine how light the other shit later hits if you don't have this fun adventure where you think everything's chill. Oh, see, God. I thought that I thought that was just happening because Shade's a bad dad who doesn't do anything with her. Because I did well, get that scene. He's an inconsistent dad who sometimes does things with her and then goes, ah, no, you can't be my responsibility, not my problem. But I'm still going to be a fun dad. I'm not even going to I'm not I'm not I'm not going to divorce dad who buys you the expensive Christmas present. Yep. But then uh, doesn't show up to uh, your soccer game. See, I think 100 percent of the sales of the Sony robot dog. People like shade. My shade (laughs) fits that description more because he didn't go out of his way. Mm, Okay. I disagree, but okay. <laughs> so we uh, we find basically nothing around the Rambler and Gambler, which is the first place we look, besides uh, 7RD uh, in like a trash can or something. Um, basically, like a lot of the stuff, you just like get interactable points, but because Nebraska is following you the whole time, it can be kind of uh, like a... I had to like re-maneuver shade a bunch so it wasn't just giving me the prompt to give Nebraska another pineapple. It's like, oh, I see a little black diamond. I wish that prompt was fucking removed for yeah, this day. I know. I know. Because it was like, oh, I see a little black diamond. Oh, I went a little too far. And now when I try to target the black diamond to interact, I'm just it just is the pineapple sign. Great. There's Great. a lot of like good chatter, just like that gives you a lot of flavor of who Nebraska is without really telling you anything about her. So I like yeah. I didn't take any of it down, but there's just like a lot of good flavor here. Also here, there's Z's pet cat Charlie, who you pet and then just keep in your inventory. Huh. <laughs> he reduces the dash cooldown by two seconds on the bike mini game, which makes it way easier. Oh yeah, no. I finally got enough uh, enough bike upgrades that I could actually complete the first set of deliveries here uh, yeah. between the cat and there's another thing that um, the, the engine, the engine, yeah, which gives you an additional time every time you make a successful delivery. The, so okay, I have kind of crossed the threshold with can you pet the animal prompts just because it feels like perfunctory pandering in a lot of modern games but in this one the screen fades to black and it's like you lose yourself in the fluffiness all of your cares go away for a while and just like you find yourself sinking into the void of fur yes just like the fact that they took one extra half step to make the dialogue something worth reading made me like happy with this can you pet the cat prompt Well, the way they describe it, you could tell Charlie's a fat cat. You could really sink your hand into. Oh, yeah, love that. Yeah. Oh my god. The next place we go head out is the bus stop by the crapyard, and there's nothing there at all. So we head off to the rider, and on the way, there's a frogman there selling fortune cookies for seven bucks, which is uh, Nebraska thinks is fate because that's how much money we found. So we go and get some, and shades uh. Fortune cookie just says in all caps, never take a dump with the toilet lid down. And Nebraska means maybe we should go look in the the writer's bathroom. And when we get there, (laughs) Joy offers, you know, you still looking for a job. Yeah, I guess. And she goes, someone took a huge shit in one of my toilets and I need you to fix it. And then you go and do the uh, button prompt mini game again. (laughs) 
<laughs> I was at initially rolling my eyes. I was like, oh my God, this game is so fucking juvenile. There's a toilet cleaning mini game. God damn it. I think that's funny. For the record, I was on board before the ending of this. Yeah, well, that's, it's like, and then you get in, and first, there's a guy off to the left just peeing in the next stall over this whole time, and then Shade, in trying to plunge the the toilet, falls all the way in. And you gotta then, mash A to pull your head out, very good. Yeah, and and then, like, you know, we get the, like, uh, action scene canted angle as you're, like, desperately trying to, like, remove your own head out of the toilet. Yeah. And then the reveal happens, and it's also extremely funny. Yeah. It turns out it wasn't a shit. The plunger comes up, and Charlie Boiler is there just stuck in the toilet. Uh, what? He fell in. Yeah, he fell in. He just goes, I was just too compact. And I didn't want to leave because it was warm and cozy. And honestly, I wouldn't mind us in those toilet pipes. And this is a large dog, too. Yeah. This is a very large dog. Man. You know who this is. This is the guy hanging out there with Peter who calls you murder machine. He was just in the <laughs> right. toilet. Charlie Boiler confirmed for unbirthing fetish. Yeah. He just wants to go back. Return to the womb. Toilet vor. Nebraska asks him about the randomly just goes, do you know about this flyer? And he's like, oh, yeah, actually, I'm a regular there. And he offers to show us the way. And we go to the bus stop and wait for the very long time indicated by like the screen fades up and someone says something and then it fades down. Charlie goes and takes a whole nap. And then the bus finally shows up and Charlie's like, wow, it came quick today. And then shaded that board and it leaves without Charlie Boiler. Uh, the whole time in the sequence, whenever we find something random, Nebraska's like, it's a sign. And Shade's like, no, it's not, but I'm just going to fucking indulge you. It's fine. And then enough wild ass coincidence shit happens that Shade just starts to be like, what the hell is going on? What the fuck is this world? And it's like, okay, so you believe in demons, but you can't believe in like a little luck magic. All right, Shade. So. Arcade Paradise is a mostly empty building with a lucky cat statue and a handful of beat-up machines in it. When we arrive, an older gentleman is surprised to see new customers. Talking to him, we find out his name is Cap. When Sybil reads this section, it's stolen gamer valor. He looks like a fucking sheep gajinka. (laughs) Yeah, he looks like... No, he (laughs) looks like a guy that would be uh, like the cat. He looks like he belongs in Space Battleship Yamato. That's what he looks like. Oh, 100%. Yes, he does. Uh huh. He does. He does look like uh, like a black version of that old captain. Yeah, 100%. I love him. Also, his name is just Cap, not Uh Capid, which rocks. He got a full on corncob pipe, too. Yeah. Mm hmm. He tells us, take our time, because the arcade is closing in a few weeks. Business has been bad ever since home consoles were invented. Neb is bummed, and Cap says it's just the cycle of life. Shade rejects that, asking what Cap needs to stay open. Cap is shocked and says he is so deep in debt, his boat could be called a U-boat. That that did nothing for me, but I'm glad somebody left. (laughs) Yeah, it's a submarine. I get it! Yeah, I know. There are a lot of jokes, and not every one of them is going to be for you. It's fine. Sure. So, Shade offers him a partnership where Cap calls the shots and just promises to keep the business alive. Cap is blown away and insists we buy him dinner first. 
right, this is undersold. So for you, Sybil, he's like, whoa, 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 settle down. Are you going to offer me that? We just met. Buy me dinner first. And then the screen fades to black and fades back in and says a few hours later, <laughs> implying you literally do buy him dinner first. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that's pretty good. Yeah, very fucking it's also, good. It's just. It's just really nice to see someone reacting to Shade's, like, very impulsive yeah. and kind of short-sighted. is like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> yeah, yeah. To, to, to see someone, like, responding to Shade's, like, out-of-nowhere incredible kindness, and he's just like, N- uh, someone, you're taking me for a ride. I know that you're gonna try to do some shit. Uh, it, it's just, it's refreshing for, for this guy to be so skeptical of this uh, golden ticket. Yeah. See, in my case, it would make sense because I have nearly a million dollars. You would hate this <laughs> because they rate limit how much money you can dump in. You can't just dump it all in at one, in one day. Huh. So after dinner, he tells us that this arcade is just really important to him. He and his now deceased big sister built it with their blood, sweat, and tears. Cap says that before they sign a deal that will be, uh, he, he says it'll be nothing but fair to you. But he needs a good reason why Shade is doing this. Shade's reason is he just likes arcade. Uh, arcades. <laughs> they have become a rare and unique experience. Oh, I have to Cap- point out that the thing I wrote in these notes is incorrect. Is it, it What he says is his now gone big sister, which turns out to be an extremely good joke in retrospect. Yes, well, right, because he's. we're about to find out about some actually dead business partners. Uh, so yeah, his, his, his now gone big sister, and he's like, yeah, and also we're going to sign this deal in blood if we sign it, if we sign it at all. So Cap agrees that arcades are a unique and uh, rare experience now, and that this place just needs uh, some staff, some more machines, and some decoration. He then tells Shade an arcade isn't about the money. It's about the kids, the atmosphere, and everything the place represents. So don't fucking try to grift kids or take too much of their money or I'm going to destroy you. This is so good because Cap's voice is like so good. He he has like kind of like old man voice, but it's like really soft and warm. Also, really good voice acting from Cap. Yeah, extremely good. So yeah, he uh, threatens Shade's life in a bunch of different ways if he tries to turn the business into a milking operation. Nebraska asks, "What? well, what happened to your last business partner? And Cap is like, oh, she's on permanent vacation. And there's a pause and goes, no, really? She's uh, a, now she's a bartender in the Bahamas. He's like, yeah, she, she never liked the city life, that old ass hag. Love, all apostrophe ass with no spaces, really powerful. <laughs> Yeah, Olas. <laughs> Little homie Olas. Uh, the deal is official. We can now visit Arcade Paradise on any day by taking the bus. The idea behind this is it's a very simple business simulator. Uh, you spend money improving the business uh, by interacting with the like shiny spots on the ground where more arcade machines and shit can go. And For Sybil, this is Yakuza Zero. Yeah, and then and then you receive uh, real dollars on or real dollars on a time basis so you uh should swing by regularly to uh collect to yeah to the collect and then improve so that you will collect more next time this yeah. mf did an lr swap in a fucking weeb game i don't know what you <laughs> want from me that's where the r usually is on the keyboard except now my r is where the s usually is maybe you shouldn't have a fucked up keyboard no it's fine that's just there's only 
really the position of R and S are the only problems I still have. <laughs> because they're so high frequency usage. And that's why they've been moved. But it is the hardest ones to adjust to. Sure. When we go to call it a day, Duke goes, where the hell have you two been? He's like, don't worry about it. We've been finishing preparations for tomorrow. We cut to shade and then uh, we cut to shade in Nebraska on the side of the road at night again. And Nebraska is bummed out. Tomorrow is her last day in Rain City. It went by so fast and she wishes she could just stay with the gang longer. And uh, shade attempts to just shut this entire line of discussion down by saying it's been fun. And uh, Nebraska refuses to fall for that and says, why did you leave us? I've been meaning to ask you for the last four years. It was not easy for me and my mother. And Shade, being a punk ass motherfucker, says, oh, things were falling apart. Sherry and I had different goals, so just had to go. And this isn't good enough for Nebraska, who wants to know why he left out of the blue. She didn't even get a chance to say goodbye. It was very long. We cannot just have one person take all of this. No worries. Uh, also, just in the background, I checked. Yeah, I don't have a bus stop, so I can't get to the arcade, it looks like. Amazing. <laughs> get owned. <laughs> I'm richer than hell. Why the fuck do I need a sink? This ain't Diablo. Yeah, it, looks, it looks cool. It's cool to go to the arcade and build it up. Even yeah, though actually, there are invisible walls there where arcade machines will be later. <laughs> Dumb as donkey shit. Anyway, Shade has no response for the child uh, ethering him, and Nebraska says that he was her best friend, the only person in the world who got her, and then all of a sudden he vanished. It felt like he died in an accident with how quickly he was gone. Cherry kept trying to get in touch with him, but he didn't respond, obviously. And finally she just goes, what the hell is wrong with you, Shade? I just wanted some kind of closure. The uh, portraits do a lot of work right here, but for the record, same thing with like Nebraska's voice acting being really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nebraska goes on, because since Shade has been gone, it's been hard, what with, you know, only one income and only one parent. She tried to erase him, but she can't forget anything. She's got, as we learn in a couple of scenes, uh, a very good, possibly eidetic memory. She cannot escape those memories. The perfect moments, all the laughing, and the crying, she remembers every single second. And she can't help comparing herself now to then, and she was happier when Shade was around. Shade starts trying to stop her with a kid, and she steamrolls past him, going, I'm not a kid anymore, just because you left me when I was one. She's so lost right now and living on autopilot. It felt like drowning, but being here with everyone, she could finally breathe again. And she's not blaming him for how things turned out. She missed him so much. After he left, she was just a weirdo again. He always said, yeah, we're the cool kids, but it wasn't true, and she can't figure out the right way to live. She continues on brokenhearted before she can't take Shade's silence and demands he just say anything. 
Shade then says she's got bits of her mother showing, which is rich because she just was talking about how she just keeps reliving mistake after mistake after mistake and trying to escape them and then making more mistakes. And it's like, that's Shade. You are Shade's kid. And so when he's like, oh, you've got some cherry in you, it's like, buddy, buddy, look in the mirror for just a second. He's uh he's he's less sure. Like, yeah, they had great times together, but he also kept tripping over these mistakes. He's just numb now. He's not really here. He doesn't care about mechs, which uh, is loser behavior, or, or if they win or lose. He's just trying to enjoy the moment and maybe feel something again. Shade tells Neb the truth, saying he ran away because that's what he does when he can't cope with stuff anymore. He didn't want to interfere with their lives. He's not as tough as he looks. He did some messed up things in the past. He screwed up, got dirt under his skin, and can't seem to get rid of it. This is a great metaphor for me, by the way. Love that. Oh, yeah, 100%. At one point, he says, uh, all this stuff, hanging out with these losers, repairing these mechs, it's like having a vacation from what I really am, which like I just have in my own notes. I love shade, frowny face. Yeah. He doesn't know what will happen after this vacation ends, but if he could do just one thing, it could, it would be to keep her happy and safe from this kind of life. Nebraska calls him a coward. She came here alone, stewing with her stupid hopes and fears because she likes him and likes being with him. She tells him he didn't have the guts to do this, not for her, not even for himself. Shade tries to uh, escape from this with self-pity, and Nebraska just goes, You're unbelievable. And Shade laughs, saying that she's so angry he can see her mother all over her. And Nebraska's like, by the way, you owe her a few. And um, Shade says he can't get redemption. The the price he would have to pay is too high. Nebraska can stay here if she wants, but the safe haven that is like going on right now will fall apart and everyone will be back on their shitty bullshit track. There's no journey without an end, and he wanted to protect her from that. And Nebraska's like, I'm not fucking eight. And then Shane says, let's make the best t- for this time. I'm in for some ice cream, which is a callback to a line I did not write down earlier. And it was too late to figure out where it was. But, you know, Nebraska at some point is just like, I loved getting ice cream. <laughs> Nebraska asks if things will ever be the way they were again. And Shane tells her they won't be. But if she doesn't take her head out of the sand and see the moment, she'll be missing so much more. And then Nebraska's like, yeah, let's go get some ice cream. And that last bit right there extreme bullshit to me you cannot say if you focus on how i fucked you and your mother's life you'll miss out on all the fun we're having eat my ass bro (laughs) so i love this scene and i it like it i have a lot of thoughts and feelings about it so i'm gonna try to organize them the first thing that i'm going to say is that i am also watching the justified uh sequel series which has a lot about the main character not realizing how bad he's fucked his relationship over with his daughter until his daughter actually like comes out and says it and him being like and 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 him like pulling all these excuses about like safety and and you know keeping her away from all this bullshit and and she's just like yeah but you don't have a fucking relationship with me and so watching that show and playing this game i was like oh wow a lot of dovetails okay so i love that for the vast majority of this conversation, she does not forgive him. She is showing Shade the consequences of him running away and really hitting home that, like, it, 
even in running away. Like, you know, people are left in his wake. He can't just like those people don't stop existing because he's he's stopped being in their life. She doesn't forgive yeah. him. Uh, but I, I, I will say that even like, at the end worth calling out. Right. They yeah. end on like a let's see what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and she's like, oh, you know, the voice acting, the delivery on that line where she's like, all right, let's go get some ice cream, I guess, is really good because she's like, okay, fine, whatever. Some things that I'm worried about, like this could be character growth or it could be kind of a cop out because this her saying it's never going to be the same, is it? I really hope that does play out over the rest of the game and that their relationship isn't magically mended, which if you go in and check on check in on her later, she is very passive aggressive about some shit that Shade did not do in just like an incidental dialogue. And I hope that keeps going because she doesn't leave. She's she stays past this day and because he's like, well, if, you know, if you, I, I, I guess if you want to stay, that's your choice. And so the fact that there's not a material consequence in the gameplay, I, I hope that, that the consequence of her being heartbroken and seeing less in shade and be, and being sad that he abandoned them. Um, I hope that continues the, to play out. It's not the same, not because it gets magically mended, but because Shade manages to change as a person out through the course of the game. So mm-hmm. this is true, mm-hmm. but in a different way than you were looking for. Okay. And I will say that this scene hit very different for me because I hadn't just spent a day with her. I just <laughs> went to bed and she started chewing me out about being a bad dad. And yeah, that tracks for me. That's very much my Shade is basically duke too and that he's just like all right what's my checklist for the day all right i'm going to sleep now i'm rich as hell i don't have to do any work and the funny thing is because of this and because of the fact that my shade is just like all right i'm gonna dump some money into this and i'm not really here for any of these characters this is where i realized this is a christopher nolan plot Dad with the daughter who feels like she's been abandoned. Dad is doing some magical realist bullshit that's actually for everyone's benefit. And then in the end, there's probably going to be some kind of reconciliation and an open ending. I'm going to call that now. This is just every Christopher Nolan movie after the Batman trilogy. Shade's going to be inside a bookcase. Yep. Like, come back to... God, that is just what happened, huh? Yeah, that's what (laughs) all of them are. That's what Tenet is, too. That's what... uh... I guess up. Be really hard to know what Tenet is about since all of the dialogue is inaudible. Oh, you just watch it pirated with subtitles. God, why? Why is it like that? Uh, uh, the gossip is that it's because he's going deaf. He does most of his own mixing. Yeah, I, oh but then God. he's but then he's like, oh, you no, know, it's a creative choice. That's uh, the the dialogue is mixed how I want it to be mixed, and it's like, well, maybe you should have someone else want it to be mixed different then. Yeah, a lot of people have talked about how um, Nolan has been losing his hearing for years, like working with him on sets. Interesting. Yep. I, I, it is broad strokes of Christopher Nolan story. And so are so many fucking stories. Like Christopher Nolan has not yeah, invented I, like bad dad story. Oh, yeah. No, it's just the, the extra layer of, but I'm doing this for X surreal thing did make me think of it because that's all of his stories. He can't do a straight bad dad story. 
It's got to be. because he's a bad dad. Christopher Nolan is just making autobiographical movies where he goes to space instead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just thought it was interesting and it was something that clicked with this scene. That was all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is basically Catwoman chewing out a fucking Batman. This is a daughter chewing out a bad dad who's going to space, etc. And over a black screen, we hear a phone sound. Someone says, hey, Ty, look at these guys. They're eating ranks like cupcakes. A man named Tiger responds that it looks troublesome. The voice says, we're getting behind. They're going to face Joe tomorrow. But we should hitch a ride on these clowns and get some free ranks. And that takes us into day 17, 46 days remaining, and versus Joe. At the start of day roundtable, everybody has the normal fight day feelings and anxieties. Shade says we gotta check in earlier than usual because Hogs Arena is too small for their ego now. They're going to the city tonight at Backbiters Arena. It's time to get ready for bigger crowds. God, I want to see the mechanic bad. It has mm-hmm. a name, so we're probably going to. Ah, at check-in, Nebraska is a huge fan of Joe. She wishes they could have seen the movie together, but it came out after Shade had, you know, vanished into the night. Peepoo wants to know what popcorn tastes like. Knife says it's great, and he loves Duke's mom's popcorn. Shade chimes in saying Dragon was a terrible cook. The only thing she could do was popcorn. But Knife says, yeah, it was great. We had it every time they went over to Duke's place, and Duke's like, you came over every day. (laughs) He's just coming over for free popcorn every day, rocks. (laughs) Knife says that Joe is an awesome movie, but he's not going to spoil it. We have to watch it for ourselves. And Duke does not give a rat's ass about who or where we're fighting as long as Knife keeps winning. He just wants to pave the way. Movie star, probe, probe. (laughs) Movie star, (laughs) pope, the president of the USS of North America. Bring them on. They're going down. Ryan Beatty voice. Oh, interesting. The U.S. is now the entirety of North America. We finally did annex Canada. <laughs> um, so if, if we want, it's fight day. We can continue the exorcism and do uh, round two of the minigame. Uh, like Chris mentioned earlier, uh, Shade says, the power of Christ compels you, motherfucker. And there's some escalation in the graphics of the metagame. The bed begins levitating and slamming into Shade, who has to repeatedly block it with his katana. Shade says the demon is weak and that this will be over soon. Z hopes he's right because she can't take it much longer. Oh, you get $100 also? Yeah. It's so fucking funny that you get $100 for this. (laughs) And then it's fight night. So Hog and Jack are both here in the hangar this time. When we check in with Z, she dunks on uh, Hog, asking him how he liked her gift. He's like, oh, it was a pedestrian bomb. I was totally able to defuse it. It's fine. You gotta wake up earlier in the morning to get old Bounty Hog. (laughs) Um, Checking in with Duke, he says that uh, Hog is giving us a ride. Apparently, people in the city, city folk, don't like a 75-foot mech stepping over their suburban homes. When we ask uh, how this is going to happen, Hog just says in all caps, I got a huge-ass truck, dude, which is oh, so it's funny. so funny. Yeah. Hog's great. voice actor is so good with this line. I got a huge-ass truck. <laughs> I love Hog is such a so good at delivering lines like honest, this. I love that. I think the Hog family are my MVPs of this game. 
Yeah, uh-huh. they're so funny. They're great. They're great. And Fancy Jack is just a fucking solid dude the whole yeah, time. God, I cannot wait to have a heart-to-heart with Fancy Jack about Korean dramas. And did they take it as seriously as the scene with Nebraska? It's so good. Yes, yes. Yeah, that whole family is so fun. I wish we were doing more quests for them. Yeah. Today, if he, when we check in with Knife, uh, he's very nervous today, despite Nebraska's encouragement. Uh, Nebraska admits to us she'll be cheering for Joe, actually. And Peepoot uh, tells Knife to have some more chamomile tea to calm down. And Knife's like, I don't know what happened, but I'm out of it. And then Nebraska says, ellipsis, and then makes the most incredible face. She basically looks like Z with Nebraska's hair. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. it's really good. It's really good. <laughs> Fancy Jack is here and tells us that as we climb the ranks, the pressure builds and Knife will need dedicated psychological support. Thank god he's hanging out with Shaded Duke, where he can get that. <laughs> And then Jack also just says, well, I'm here. I'm going to do some industrial espionage. Thanks. (laughs) When we go to leave, Hog tells us to buckle up and not get upset when he goes too fast. When I was in World War II, they called me Spitfire. Jack just goes, that's not true. The peep who asks, how old are you? And Hog just goes, I'm young enough to kick your junk poo ass. And then you hear the fucking truck rev off and like a car crash sound and then you cut to the fight so at the start of the fight we are introduced to the pilot of joe stray and this guy i've mentioned i thought this game had some references to megalobox this is just gearless joe piloting a mech named joe yeah yeah but uh, Stray introduces himself with, all right, noob, let's make this quick. I got a hot bathtub waiting and champagne in the fridge. And Knife's just like, what the fuck? Uh, and then there are no generic fight notes because everyone's build is too different now. So I win this fight in two rounds doing the same strategy as last time, except this time I have Night Eater twice on turn one and uh, do a knockback punch and a seven star punch. Uh, like, it is worth noting that even though it seems like this is extremely trivial for me, the second not be killed in two rounds, this build will have a really big problem because all of the parts that give me extra AP and MP, they also have a way lower health and armor. Like, my head was like 5 HP for being destroyed after the first round. So, I will have a bad time at some point, but right now, just fucking rocking it. Uh, because of the fact that Joe is a close-range brawler, this meant he was super vulnerable to me. Same double tap, armor break the core round one, and that's because he's got a 30 armor core, and then cave in the core with a railgun round two. Uh, for me, it this was proof positive that Pineapple Express is, like, my favorite move so far. It is what, uh, What's that one? So Pineapple Express is a long range, so it's uh, three and four spaces away, and it deals mm-hmm. massive damage and also is a three-space knockback on top of that. You you can't... Oh my god! Yeah, you can't do the pinning. Uh, you, you can't do arena pinning with this move because you're too far away, but basically yeah. it means that I can, like inch up two spaces 
towards him, knock him back to the edge of the arena, and then uh, move back to my edge. And then um, because he's close range, he just can't attack the next turn. He, he just spends his whole attack maneuvering. And then like, so I then like shoot him and knock back punch him and he will get like one hidden, but he basically can only attack every other turn because I'm pineapple expressing him back to the very edge of the arena. Th- another thing worth noting, because you could fight this in the simulator before the um the new moves are available, is that as mech, all of their moves are on the left arm. So like if you take that out, yeah, our man has like a max armor of 40, which is so fucking high, but they don't can't do anything because they don't have a part repair protocol. Yeah. Also worth mentioning in this fight is that uh at first he thinks that you're going to be easy but then as soon as he realizes that you're like good he's like oh cool well let's make this fun then let's like put on a show for the audience and then uh once you beat me i'll be rooting for you he's a very chill guy that's cool which I, makes that's sense, the one bummer with off. like my aggro build is that i miss out on like mid-fight dialogue <laughs> yeah i also saw none of this after the fight the spirit of boxing burns within. Knife will spend the entire night watching golden era anime. And then I have like five question marks. Because I would love to know what they think that is. <laughs> I guarantee, given the spirit of boxing, it's Hajime no Ippo. Mm. Well, I just I want to know what these people think the golden era of anime is. Is that like 95 to 2005? I would say 70s through early 90s. Well, that's because you're old. Right. But I want to know what these people think of it. But that's what most of their references are. Mm, Okay. Because we've seen Fist of the North Star. We've seen Hajime no Ippo by name. I think that's what they're going with. Megalobox Box is the most modern reference in this character that we've seen so far. Just a quick Google will... uh, you know, Google sucks now, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada. But most folks will say it's from basically like 90 to 2002 is what a lot of folks consider the golden era of anime. But yeah, there's so much shit in the 80s that this that this game is referencing that maybe their version is wrong. Yeah. And Knife, as a result, learns the assault stance. Assault is a uh, 20% close, 10% mid-attack stance with a 20-point uh, damage bonus which is sadly actually really bad if you're playing a melee character. <laughs> if you're playing a melee character, what you want to do is have defender stance because it's fucking 30% every time you get hit while guarding, and you could just alt, and whenever you use a defense skill, it's 20%, so you just alternate cactus guard and seatbelt lockdown, which also means you basically take zero damage. And then the bonus for that is fucking 45 points. Whew. So defense stance is the melee attacker stance, actually. Because both of those are 1 AP moves. At the bar, Duke cheers another win for Team Cowboy, which Knife likes the sound of, so I guess we're officially Team Cowboy now. Duke loves that they beat up a movie star, and Shade (laughs) says, I thought you didn't care about that. And Duke's like, that man was worldwide famous, and the kid just kicked his ass. And then Duke also goes, never trust an actor. They get paid to pretend. (laughs) Um, There's also the slow reveal through the watching of movies that the reason why Duke hates all these movies that he's sleeping through is because they're all lies. He just like, he he just hates fiction. He just hates fiction. (laughs) I love that about him. What an old guy thing to say. I know people like this. It's so funny. And there's people I would describe as a thousand years old on the inside. (laughs) 
Duke then asks where everyone is. The bar is basically empty, and Joy says, well, that's because you showed up too late getting to and from the city. It's almost morning. Duke is really pissed at this because no one is here to sing their praises as the heroes of Rain City. Then a new stranger interjects with, I'm your Huckleberry, and introduces himself as Waylon Give, I mean Tiger. <laughs> he came all the way here to challenge us and says, we did good tonight, but he wants to see how we do against his boomboxer named Jazzbase. Great name. Jazzbase is such a good name for a robot. Great fucking name. Knife and Tiger wind each other up by shonen protagonisting at each other for about 12 dialogue boxes of garbage back and It's forth. so fucking good. Uh-huh. And then, then there's like this broken spring sound when Tiger goes, but I need time to prepare. It's so fucking good. The comedic <laughs> timing here is really good. Uh-huh. And so in three days, we have another battle and the fight is locked in. What did we think of the contents of this episode? I can't wait to see how many systems this game will just let you bypass. Mm. It does bum me out that by by being the person that you are, you are like actually just missing out on the entire emotional core of the game, which is the point of it. Look, you knew I was on this season to be the one who would do the things you were too cowardly to try. You're right, because I have to make a good podcast. <laughs> but I'm here as the Duke of our podcast. <laughs> You're the peepoo of our podcast. You better settle the fuck down. You know it's true. <laughs> then which one of us is Duke? Uh, it's Matt. Anyway. Um, <laughs> In it. <laughs> so I love I loved this episode when yeah. when the character work hits because the because the writing goes for the emotional gut punch uh, way better than it goes for the cheap joke. Although sometimes the cheap jokes are very good. Um, the the conversation yeah, a dog the, in a toilet is funny. It is okay. Yes, the whole ass dog in a toilet is very funny. I agree. Um, but like it just the the amount of like no you actually fucked up and you have to sit with your fuck ups is it wasn't necessarily something i was expecting and i loved it um and just the voice acting is so on point the the whole time it it it's really great the funny thing about where we're at in the game now is that i just had kind of come to terms with the fact that the tournament this whole time the tournament itself is just background to like the thing that is advancing the a plot uh piece by piece while the character work is really what the game is about and i'm glad that they're not going that sometimes the tournament shonen route i know it's not every sh- tournament shonen but like sometimes tournament shonens care so much about the next opponent that they spend like an episode and a half of the three episode like story just focusing on whoever the next opponent is and i'm glad that this game doesn't do that and then immediately i get hoisted because it looks like the next arc is going to be about the next opponent uh but so we'll see how that plays out we'll see how much longer that plays out the one thing that i am curious about is uh the 
Nebraska subplot is kind of wrapped up at this point. I know that there's like lingering space for wounds to resurface, but I don't know where the character side of the story goes from here. We've gotten like kind of the GW story. We've gotten some closure on the Nebraska story. We don't really, everybody's kind of getting along. No one hates each other right now. And so we don't really have any outstanding like swords of Damocles to fall besides uh, the mafia guys that we haven't really seen in a few episodes. So like, I don't know how long Tiger is going to be a part of the story, but I'm just like, I, I love where we're at, but I also do not know where we go. Well, the other thing, the other one you forgot about is the background C plot of what is happening with the oil explosion and this Russian guy. Right. Yeah. Which the the game is very deliberately keeping in the background right now. I think and those are then there's also a spy hunter background plot as like the writer continues. Basically where I think we're at and I actually don't remember like this middle section of the game very well. Where I think we're at is we're at the point in the story where outside forces start to impact it and change the internal dynamics. Okay. Sorry. I'm not Sybil. sure though. That's just where I think we're at. Okay. Okay. Uh Sybil, I missed what you said. I'm sorry. Uh I said I think we're only getting the geopolitical stuff between chapters, actually, at the end of each chapter. Mm. Correct. So yeah. Well, that's all for that's it. Commercials. Do do we have commercials? Let's just call them commercials because that's what they are. Everyone knows that's what's at the end of a podcast. Sure. Uh go ahead. You can listen to myself, Chris, and others talk about anime on the two Boku no Stops on the network. One for free, one on our Patreon at the $5 level. If you want to hear discussions of Code Geass, uh, Serial Experiments Lane, various other shows, good and bad. You to be be the beginning. <laughs> have fun with that, but I can't talk given that we're about to start doing the second part of the trilogy of pain with iron-blooded orphans, then we have got all kinds of mech and feelings-related anime for you. Sign up and listen to people talk about Black Lagoon and how it made them feel. Mm, it's bad. It sucked. <laughs> Black Lagoon sucks so fucking bad. The problem with Black Lagoon is that Black Lagoon is incredible for two minutes an episode. <laughs> Uh, it's not one that I've seen. Good we, news. There's Nazis in it. Yeah, I was going to say, have you seen Angel Cop? It's Angel Cop, but spread out in the jungle. Okay, great. Uh, don't need to see it then. Um, no. We have a newsletter now where each week you can find out uh, all the episodes that are dropping and also get uh, a little bit of additional writing from our hosts. We had an extremely beautiful and emotional piece from Chris, and now we've uh, got uh, a very different kind of emotional uh, but still good uh, multi-part piece from Sybil. Uh, you can sign up for that newsletter by going to tinyletter.com slash pitchdrop. I'm going to write a screed about Blizzard, maybe. It'll be great. Awesome. Uh, uh, man, you did the other thing, and now I actually have to do a real commercial instead of a joke. Uh, you can listen to, if you like this podcast, and you, you thought, what if we did this podcast, but about Final Fantasy XIV for the rest of my fucking natural life? You can <laughs> listen to it by paying a dollar at pitchdrop.cash. It's called Icons and Icons. Enjoy it. I'm still somehow talking about Heaven's Word. 
it feels like I've been talking about Heavensward my entire life, even though it's only been <laughs> 20 weeks. We're finally at level 60, so there is some light at the end of the tunnel, finally. I might be at level 63, but the plot is still at level 59. <laughs> I'm legitimately surprised your pitch for that wasn't if you want this show without Sybil's bullshit. That was implied. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIV has enough of its own bullshit, also. There is still bullshit also, in Also, its show. bullshit is bad. Yeah. All right, so, got it. I am one tier above FF14. Final Fantasy XIV, the subtext is what the things that Sybil says and gets edited out later. You can imagine <laughs> what that is. <laughs> I know who's editing this, so I don't imagine there's much of that. Yeah, it's Duke. Wizard is editing the podcast. Thanks, man. <laughs> Have fun staring into space with your baby. Jesus fucking Christ. Peace out, fuckers. See ya. I'm glad the other parent on this podcast said that. Bye. I want to settle down. I want to settle down. Won't you settle?